0: This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. We're going to look this morning at um, the book of Ephesians. Okay, and uh, we're just going to take one of the verses from it because I've come to realise something recently that uh, well, the title of my message is Benediction. Who knows what Benediction means? blessing yeah the dictionary says a short call of help from the divine isn't that wonderful yeah Yeah? any of you done that before a short call of help (laughs) from the divine yeah a blessing God I I need you right now I need a blessing and that's what benediction is and Paul and the other writers in the New Testament very often close um, their book their writing their letter uh, their epistle um, with a benediction And the famous one, of course, we know, you know, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we know those ones. But there are other ones as well. And we're going to look at another one this morning from Ephesians. And it's in uh, chapter 6, if you can find it. I can't find it yet. But in chapter 6, and uh, right at the end there in verse twenty. I can't read here, my eyes are going, 23, there it is, it just focused in then. I must look at you, because then when I go here, it changes. (laughs) I'm 50 now, by the way, so that's why. Thank you, good. Okay, peace to the brothers, he says, peace to the brothers, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Amen. Last words, okay, or blessings that come at the end of, the, of these Bible passages are amazing. Um, and I just come to realize recently that Paul, I mean, the, the book of Ephesians is an incredible book, isn't it? They say, some people say, it's the crown of Paulism. You know, Paul is the guy who wrote it, and it's one of his sort of, the peaks of his writing. Okay, other people call it the Joshua of the New Testament. The Joshua of the New Testament its an absolutely book that's full of theology and practice and how we live our Christian lives. And Paul has gone through all of his teachings, what he's given to the people and how to live and how to uh, focus on Christ. And in his benediction, I think he sums up the book. So that's why it's going to be really easy this morning. (laughs) Because we're going to have peace, love, faith and grace. Yeah. That's what God wants us to know more than anything else this morning is his peace, his love. We've talked about it already, haven't we? And and Phil has mentioned it too, faith and grace. These are foundations, yeah? Some of the uh, unmovables that we heard about on Friday, yeah, of our Christian life. If we've got these four pillars, I'll tell you what, you're going to stand strong. Because they don't come from you, they come from God. And he puts them in our hearts by his Holy Spirit his peace, his love, his faith, and his grace. So it's a perfect summary to his book, the book of Ephesians. It sums it up in such a powerful way. Very often when we're leaving, uh, perhaps we're leaving a meeting, perhaps we'll do it today, or perhaps we're leaving friends, or um, perhaps you're leaving your family to join another family. We had that on Friday. Um, You want to say some things, don't you? You want to just cover over all that's just happened so that they know you know what what do we often say don't forget what i said you know give me a call whenever you need me that type of thing um in the wedding we had a whole list of goodbye things of <laughs> a whole life was uh, was given uh, in summary in just a few moments and Paul does it here with this benediction okay paul prays with this message this benediction that there would be peace love faith and grace. So let's look at them, shall we, one at a time. Peace. Paul wanted God's people to have peace. Did we get, by the way, I work for Harvesters Ministries, (laughs) so just to get that out here, we're going to just look at a few, I'm going to use a few slides to help us to, to capture um, and there are slides from the work of Harvester's Ministries. So we can have that first one up. This is a lady in the Philippines. I was there in, in February, and uh, she came forward and just picked up the microphone. No one knew who she was, um, but we let her do it anyway. And she wanted to know if she could, she could know our God as well. Would our God accept her? Because she'd heard the gospel, just like Phil had preached in Slandavi, heard the gospel, and she wasn't sure if our God would accept her. Okay, isn't that amazing? Yeah. And you know what? Uh, and one of the reasons was because she, she couldn't read. And she thought to, to become a Christian, you had to be able to read God's book, the Bible. And therefore, she thought God wouldn't accept her because she couldn't read the Bible. So, of course, we explained to her, you know, I won't tell you how we did it because that would take a long time. We explained, to her, you know, God just wants your heart. Yeah? He just wants you to accept him for what he has done. And um, she did that this morning and peace filled her heart. Yeah, that God, as we, we're not alone, are we, as we've sung, God could accept her. She couldn't read the Bible, okay? She didn't know if God would accept her. But when we shared the gospel and what Jesus has done in order for us to be accepted through his precious blood, that our sins are forgiven, she had peace. And it was a wonderful experience to see this lady who came trembling and then at the front and said, uh, she, she can't believe what God has just done for her in accepting her. Some call Ephesians the handbook for peace warriors. Yeah? We're peace warriors this morning. Did you know that? We're peace warriors. Okay, We, we, we are reconcilers. We, we're the ones that make peace in this world. And without the church in this world, it would be a lot, lot worse. Did you know that? Say yes, Glenn, because that was good. Okay, and eight times in this letter of Ephesians, Paul uses the word peace in various ways. And the first one, in verse 9 and 10, it says there, have we got verse 9? No, we haven't got verse 9 and 10 up there. It might be bigger than my my reading here. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together, under one head even Christ. Now although the word peace isn't used there the bible talks about one day there's going to be a restoration of all things. I tell you what if if you're a christian this morning there's a little part of you that is longing for that day. Yeah, we call it hope. Yeah? Not a, a failing hope but a definite expectation of one day. Yeah, God is going to bring all things under Jesus and everything's going to be right. Everything is going to be put right. And that's what peace is really all about, isn't it? When everything is put right. We're not going to have peace in this world. Peace cannot offer, uh, this world cannot offer us peace. Jesus tells us that. But he can, yeah? And we can have that peace in our hearts right now. The restoration of all things. When Christ reigns on this earth, one day that's going to happen as well, and peace Will reign. So there's the restoration of all things. That is going to be a wonderful day. That's to look forward to. But what about now? He goes on in chapter two, verse thirteen and uh, seventeen. He says this. I really can't see my verses this morning. I got a real small print Bible. Here we go. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For He Himself you know the rest? Is our peace. Who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. we would looked at the restoration of all things, that's future. But redemption itself... Brings us peace, yeah? When God buys us back, yes, with his own son's blood. God is at peace (laughs) because the work of his son has been accomplished, and we are at peace because it's the only way that we can be forgiven and have a relationship with God. That we become one with Christ. It's talking about one new man. Yeah, one new man. Out of the two. Now, whether there's a hint here that it was possibly Adam and now Christ, and in, in, in Christ, the old man has been renewed, as Phil explained, that we've become a new creation in Christ. Jesus, and now we are one with him. But it's also re- relevant to the Jewish and the Gentiles, this one new man. God had a people in the Old Testament, yes, and we weren't included. <laughs> it was the Jew- unless you're Jewish, of course. They were the Jewish nation. But God's ultimate purpose was for the whole world to know him. The Gentiles, the Canaanites, the Ammonites, Ammonites okay? <laughs> okay, God wanted everyone to know him. And when we come to the New Testament, we see that God's redemption is for all, that we may become one. And this is in itself the peace that God wants. There's a, there's a church in Israel. It's a real shining light. It's in Jerusalem. And they've got more nations there than lots of churches all around the world. And they've got Palestinian Christians. They've got Iraqi Christians. They've got, um, what have they got? They've got Israeli Christians. They, all these Christians, and uh, you know, the whole p- political situation looks at them and says, how do they do that? Well, it's easy because Christ is the center. He's brought the peace through his precious blood. You know, sin brings a double alienation, doesn't it, between God and humanity. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they were separated from God. They were alienated from God, weren't they? But they were also alienated from each other. Problems set in straight in married life. Okay, but in Christ Jesus, there's a double reconciliation. Hallelujah. And He brings peace not just with us and God, but with one another too. There's the restoration of all things, there's redemption. And then in chapter 4, and in fact in a lot of parts of Ephesians, in, in relationships. He talks about husbands and wives, doesn't he? Children and parents, slaves and masters. And in chapter 4, verse 3, he talks about this peace in this way. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith. I think that's one of Paul's favorite words, one. And in him, he uses those two very, so many times. One baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. God wants to make us one. And in Christ, we are one. But we've got to keep the unity, haven't we, of, of this wonderful peace. God has given us peace, and it's up to us to be stewards of that peace. Yes, with one another as best as we possibly can. To make every effort, he says there. That's hard, isn't it? Effort is hard. Okay, keeping the peace, making peace is hard work. Don't think it's going to be easy. It means we've got to forgive one another. It means we've got to say sorry. It means lots of other things, doesn't it? Okay, we've got to make every effort to keep that bond of peace. Why? Because God is one. Yeah, I love the I love talking about the Trinity. Actually, it's like, okay, we often think God is one, and we think of it in, in numerical terms. God is one, as in singular. But the word one, we are one this morning, but we're not. There's not one of us here. There's many of us here. That's when God is talk. When the Bible talks about God being one, it's not number one. It's the unity of one. Okay, God, God is God is free in one. And we've got to try and use numbers to help us to understand it, haven't we? The Bible doesn't necessarily do that. It talks about God being one as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In this wonderful relationship, the Father loving the Son, the Son loving the Father, the Holy Spirit loving the Father and the Son, and all the other way around you can do it. okay? They're in that perfect peace okay, because of their relationship with one another. God is one, and he pr- promotes peace. He preserves peace. And he protects that peace in our hearts. And then the last uh, word of peace that Paul uses here, the other ones will be a bit quicker, the other points, is in chapter 6 and verse 15, when he's talking about the armor of God. What bit of peace does he talk about there? The gospel shoes of peace, yeah? Because the, the peace isn't just for our relationship. It is, hallelujah, for our relationship with God. And it's not just for our relationship with one another. It, it's for us to go, we are missionaries of peace, aren't we? We are peace warriors, okay? We go out into this world and we bring the peace of Jesus that we so much know and enjoy. And we want other people to know have it too, don't we? And so wherever we go, that's why I think it's brilliant that they're on your feet. This piece is the, 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 the sandals that are on your feet. So that wherever we go, we can tell others about the blood of Jesus and what God has done for them in forgiving their sin so that they too can have peace with God. Um, Someone has said, I think it could have been Gandhi, I don't like quoting Gandhi, because he wasn't a Christian, was he? But he, he said one or two good things, of course, he's a great thinker, so we give him that. But he said that peace is not the absence of war or conflict, but the ability to cope with it. The ability to cope with what's going on around us. We're not going to have peace in this world. Jesus has told us that. But we can have the peace of God in our troubles, in our conflicts. Amen? Amen. That gives us the stability, these shoes of peace, yet to carry on walking, to carry on standing, to carry on proclaiming the gospel of Jesus. So say to the person next to you, as Paul would have said to the Ephesians, Peace be unto you, brother, sister. okay and when he said that when he said that he was referring to all that he had said like i have tried to just quickly give to you this morning that's what he meant yeah peace is coming hallelujah he's going to restore all things we've got peace through the blood of jesus yeah in redemption we've got peace with one another because the holy spirit's been shed abroad in our hearts and we've got peace on our shoes so that wherever we go we can tell others too that they can know peace with god through jesus christ we have that second slide up. The next one is love. So peace to you, brothers and sisters. And the other slide comes up. Love is giving someone the last piece of cake, no matter how much you wanted it. <laughs> that is one of my favorite quotes of the week, okay? <laughs> love is giving... Have you ever had a piece of cake and it's the last piece? Yes. And someone else comes in. And you've been dribbling all morning to get you put the kettle on and have a cup of coffee and eat that. And someone else flipping turns up just at that moment. And you put the kettle on and you know the cake won't cut in half for two because it would look too small. And you, but love <laughs> is giving someone else that piece of cake that you would have had. Now, that's a trivial little thing. But when you think of God's love, it, it's, it's not like that, but it is like that. Okay? God had his son all to himself in heaven, didn't he? Yeah? But he chose to give him. Not just not just to give him to but to give him to a cross. Some would say to, to waste him. Now that's a you can talk about that again, but to to waste him. Why would he God would just want to give him away to be crucified, okay? Because of his great love for you and for me. There's a little picture here. Um at Harvester's Ministries we we, we give out Bibles, okay? And it's uh, you'll be so amazed at how many pastors haven't got a Bible, especially in Africa and Asia. And so the, some of them, they travel for miles to get um, on a Saturday. Um, Phil and I didn't have to do that yesterday. But they travel for miles to find a Bible so they can write down a little bit to go and prepare their sermon Saturday night, ready for Sunday morning, because they can't afford a Bible. And when we go there and give out Bibles, normally these... I mean, Africans are quite energetic and enthusiastic as well. But when you start when you give them a Bible, they just... Go to pieces. They're absolutely overwhelmed that they've been going for years and years without their own Bible. And here comes whatever his name is on the left there and gives them a Bible. And they hug you and they do all sorts of things to you that is really embarrassing. And they cry in front of you and spit and snort all over you. It's amazing because of the love that is shown in just giving someone a Bible. Okay? But God has demonstrated his love for us, hasn't he? That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us before we even had a thought of him he'd already loved us he'd already sent his son even in eternity past the lamb slain before the foundation of the world to die for you and me and Ephesians talks about this love in such a powerful way in chapter 1 and, and verse 6 it says there to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves he loves that's good. So good having it up there. I can read it better. God has God's love is described in His Son Jesus Christ in this verse. Isn't that wonderful? You see, we um, those of you who remember Don Francisco, yeah, the singer on his stool and guitar. One of his songs is "Love is not a feeling; it's an act of the will." And um, there were lots of lovely, loving things said on Friday, but the crux of the matter is. The next day, isn't it? Where he's going to be put into practice, whether these two are really going to love each other or not. They can say all they like in front of us. But are they going to do it? God did it. Hallelujah. Before we even knew him. Before he even had anything back from us, God still loved us. That's agape love, isn't it? God loving us without a cause. Without without anything back. I mean, he does that. And the source of love comes from God through the gift of his son. That's what Paul is talking about here. Okay? God's love. It comes from him. Real love comes from God. The outworking of God's love in verse 15. Can you get that one up for me? It's easier up there. Last time I was here, I could read. Now I can't. Okay, I'll try and find it as well. We are. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people. I don't know if you've noticed, but with peace, it's not just us, our relationship with God that's wonderful. But it, it, Peace outworks itself, doesn't it, in, in, in each other's lives as well. And it's so the same with love. If God loves us, God sent his son to die for us, and we've received that love, what does that make us do? It makes us love one another, doesn't it? How can we not love one another when God has loved us? And that's the outworking of God's love. Brothers, saints, okay? John says, doesn't he, um, see, that's part of actually our evangelism, is see, that people will see how they love one another. They will see it. Yeah, they will see it. He goes on later again and talks about God, the source of God's love again in verse 18 and 19 of chapter 3 where he says this, the well-known verses, that we may have power together with the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's uh, one of Paul's statements that I don't think anyone's got their head around. How can we be filled with all the fullness of God? <laughs> That's what Paul's prayer is when he's talking about God's love. You see, you've only got to have an ounce of God's love in your heart, and you can be filled with all the fullness of God. I don't know if that works out. Mathematically, that doesn't work. But all you've got to do is receive God's love, and somehow you've got his fullness. You haven't got it yet, have you? I haven't got it yet either, so don't worry. Okay, It's amazing. But when we receive this love of God, when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior into our hearts, yeah, his love comes in. And we are filled with, with something that we've never been filled with before. And it fills our whole being. Makes us act differently, think differently, feel differently when we know that this great love of God. He then goes on later to talk about being rooted and established in love. What Love. In this redeeming love, in this love of God that gave himself for us. We are rooted in that love. That's the power, isn't it? And we've got to grasp. We've got to grasp hold of this, he tells us. Grasp how deep, how long, how wide, how high. Uh, You can feel a Sunday school song coming on. (laughs) Is the love of God. And uh, encourage one another in that. Yeah? Tell someone next to you, how wide is God's love for you? Is it about that wide? How wide? The Bible says as far as the east is from the west. That's how wide. They don't meet, do they? So it's inexhaustible. Inexhaustible. And then later on in the book, he goes on to talk about walking in love and talking in love. Yeah, we haven't got time to look at that. But again, the outworking of this love that has filled our hearts to overflowing... Is transmitted into the way we, we walk walk in love that's what we've seen in those two they're walking in love talk in love yeah so peace to you brothers and sisters this morning come on let's do the second one and love to you brother or sister can you say that to one another come on do it enthusiastically we're not this isn't soppy this isn't soppy love this isn't kissy, kissy love. This is real love, yeah, that loves anyway, despite what the other person has done. Hallelujah. Then he goes on to talk about faith. Faith. Faith is a huge subject, isn't it? There's another little picture here. Um, this is my friend Sydney on the left, and uh, he goes to Vietnam, and then I join up with him in Burma sometimes, and we um, train the pastors how to um, plant churches and things like that and hand out Bibles and things. But um, faith is an incredible thing because sometimes we don't know we've got faith until things go wrong. And then it's there, isn't it? Helping us through. And uh, because faith is one of those things, and Hebrews explains it so well, doesn't it, in chapter one, uh, in chapter 11, what faith really, really is. It's the substance of things that are hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Yeah? And uh, here's this young, we've had to, put a blindfold over them so they can't see. No, just because they're living in a country where they are persecuted for their faith. But this guy went out planting churches because of his faith in Jesus. And when he got home, his house was burnt to the ground. What does he do? Does he give up? No, there's something in him. There's this faith in him that makes him stronger than ever that the next week he goes out again to plant another church without a house this time that's faith isn't it i hope that inspires you because that inspires me more than anything else to keep on going even when things just mess up and get bad it's faith okay it says here it's faith with love or love with faith actually sorry and when the love of god fills our hearts there's this new faith isn't there that we have Paul talks about having faith in the Lord. He talks about us being saved by faith. That popular verse in chapter 2, verse 8. Can you remember it? We are saved by grace through faith, which is a gift of God, not of ourselves, lest anyone should boast. He talks about the confidence, there it is. He talks about the confidence that faith gives you. Yeah, that we can believe in a God that we cannot see. Yeah? And we can walk out every day believing God to do something, the miracles, the leading and the guiding that he does. We can't see him. We don't always feel him and know him. Thank God for his word yeah, that speaks to us. But sometimes we haven't got a clue, have we? But he's there with us. And in faith we make that step and we go where he wants us to go. And he helps us. He then goes on to talk about the shield of faith. Yeah? Have you got your shield of faith that extinguishes all the fiery darts of the evil one hallelujah but we've got to hold it up see we've got a shield of faith but we've got to in faith hold it up haven't we and it's the faith of our lord jesus christ which is an interesting thing because the newer versions have changed it to your faith in jesus christ but it's not it's the faith of your lord jesus christ we can have the same faith that jesus had is ours It's not another faith, or is it my faith? And I know there is a sense that some things are our faith. But we've got the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look what he accomplished through faith. That's our faith. Yes, that's our faith. And that's what we walk in. Knowing, having that certainty, even in uncertain times. C.S. Lewis says something really good, which I don't think I can see either in my notes, but anyway. But faith is the... The way of holding on to the things, and I can't read the rest because it's too small, but it's holding on to things, when when things get tough and rough. That's what faith really is, yeah? It's holding on to things. It's being certain when things are uncertain, okay? I mean, there's lots of ways. Faith, there's the faith, the Christian faith. Then there's everyday faith, yeah? Yeah? And Paul is talking about this everyday faith, the faith of Christ, to be able to live our Christian lives. So, faith to you, brothers and sisters. Yeah? Do you want some of this faith that keeps you going when everything else falls apart? That keeps you holding on to Jesus when times get tough? You're going to say it to. You're not going to say it, are you? We've said peace to one another. We've said love to one another. We're going to say now faith to you as well. Faith to you, brothers and sisters. We're going to need this more and more. I don't know if, about you, but the world seems to be changing at rather a rate of knots at the minute, doesn't it? And we've got to hold on to this faith. Yeah? It's this faith that saves us. Yes? Yeah? This faith in Jesus. This faith of Jesus that saves us. And then lastly, Paul sort of summarizes the whole of his book with that lovely word grace. Yeah? Are you glad for the grace of God this morning? He says, Peace to you, brothers, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Grace to all. Paul wanted the Ephesian church to know God's grace, to every one of them. Okay, Every one of you this morning, to know God's grace. There are many definitions of grace, aren't there? Uh, God's unmerited Favor, yeah? God didn't have to love you, but he did anyway. He didn't have to forgive you, but he chose to send his own son to bear your sins on that cross and to take it away. That's wonderful grace, isn't it? God's grace, doing what we couldn't do. Chapter 1 and verse 2, it's it's a personal grace. Okay, Paul says there, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord jesus christ he's talking to the ephesian church he's talking to Ammonford bible church this morning grace to you forget about everyone else a moment grace to you guys yeah you need it don't say you don't you need god's grace okay we need what he has done for us very often we talk about especially in today's world, we talk about what we can do for jesus and that's great and wonderful but let's get back to the main thing what he has done for us is the most important. It's God's grace. What you do for him doesn't get you into heaven. What he did for you does. It's personal. And then he talks about the riches of God's grace. It's, again, when he talks about the love of God, he, he uses words, how wide, how deep. How Now he's talking about grace, the riches of God's grace. And there's a whole list of things that God's grace has done for us. And it's redeemed us as we looked at when we looked at peace, how it's reconciled us, how it's brought us to, to be one. This grace chose us. It made us holy. It seated us in heavenly places. It brought us to life, this wonderful, wonderful grace. It saved us, ch- chapter 2, verse 8. And we're living in that wonderful dispensation that Bible scholars talk about of grace. Hallelujah. People can still be saved. Did you know that? There's a time coming when they won't be able to be saved. But until Jesus comes, okay, it's the day of grace. Yeah? And that's how good... Group, we often... Um, don't know if you ever owed any money to a bank or to someone else, and they'll give you a, a time of grace. You haven't been able to pay in time, or you've had to hand in your thesis for college or something like that, and you're a little bit behind, and the deadline is Friday... And you can't get it done by Friday because it's Friday evening and you've already passed your deadline. But then the teacher or the bank manager will give you a time of grace. It's like relief. And you still wait till the last minute. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Procrastination. But grace. There's still time for people to be saved. That's why you're here and not in heaven right now. Did you know that? Amherst still needs the grace of God, and you're here for that purpose. Otherwise, you'd have got saved, and you'd have been in heaven. But you're needed to spread this grace. We're gifted by grace. We look at those wonderful verses of the apostolic church, and all churches now all around the world, of the wonderful gifts of God's grace, apostles and prophets. And we've all been given a measure of grace that we're able to serve God with. Hallelujah. In whatever way. And again, it's not what I can do, but it's what he does through me. That's, where it comes, that's when it comes to grace. His grace gifts us in the various ministries and gifts and, and things that we have. And Paul also preaches by grace and preaches the gospel of grace. Let's never forget that when we preach. Yeah, it's about Jesus, isn't it? It's about what he has done, as I've said already. Paul had received this, his, apostle, his apostleship by grace. Yeah? He'd received it by grace. All your wonderful giftedness here, young people, God has given it to you by his grace. Hallelujah. Even when he made you in your mother's womb, he was put in, by his grace, he was putting all those lovely things in your heart, all the potential that you could become. It's all by his wonderful, wonderful grace. So grace to you, brothers and sisters. Can we say that? Grace to you, brothers and sisters. I don't know if we can put that verse the whole verse up again and we'll say it together verse the last verse chapter of chapter 6 verse 23 23 and 24 peace to you there we go should we say that together peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the father and the lord jesus christ grace to you all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Amen. Let's just pray, shall we? Lord, sometimes we forget the foundations of our Christian faith. Sometimes we forget, Lord. Lord, we forget about your grace we forget about your peace we forget about your great love and faith and Lord we thank you for church where when we come together and we get reminded of these things week by week we pick up your word Lord it reminds us and I just pray Lord if there are folk here today that need that peace doesn't mean that the turmoil around them will go away But it does mean that the God of peace can reign in their hearts in those times. And we just pray that that peace, that peace that passes all understanding, will be someone's today for a fresh moment in this place. Lord, and for love. Lord, that is what we need. All we need is love. But Lord, it's your love that we need. Lord, so often we put all our attention on getting love from others. But, Lord, you've already demonstrated your love. You've already shown your love. You've already given your love for us. And it's your love that secures us. that gives us a good foundation. Lord, for faith. Lord, we, we do doubt. There are times when we doubt. But, Lord, we thank you for faith helps us to keep holding on even when times are difficult Lord and I pray that there, there's anyone here right now who's just feeling like giving up Lord on a particular situation or just giving up in general Lord let that faith within them just be spurred on again Lord Jesus that they will have the faith of Jesus in their heart to hold on even tighter to you Lord as you hold on so tight to us Lord, you never let us go. We've sung that this morning. Never. We're not alone. You never let us go. And Lord, for grace, that undeserved favor and of God. Lord, help us to realize this morning again. Lord, we understand our failings and our mistakes and the things that go on in our minds and our feelings. But Lord, let your grace, let us see your grace is covering it all once again. giving us the approval of God. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we bless you for who you are and what you've done. In Jesus' name. Amen. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269596000.